0: We strongly believe a real strong woman is built out of inner strength of self-confidence that fades her flaws and fuels her success. Welcome to the third episode of the Women Call hashtag V2. A platform created for the professional women by the professional women. Yes, with a goal to give confidence to be able to stand up, speak up and by doing so inspire and of course uplift the community of other working women around the globe. I am your host Poonam VT. The founder of the movement Hashtag V2 and the founder of a global digital job seeker visibility campaign called Hashtag Support Saturdays. At Hashtag V2, we are driven by a mission to support women by bringing real ground issues up and out there for you. Our today's topic is very interesting one with an eminent panel of my fellow corporate women leaders. We will be discussing why is corporate sector not yet ready for more women leaders right on the top. Yes, for this panel, please join me to welcome a stellar lineup of women leaders Ms. Amita Kharat Khetkar senior corporate leader, TEDx speaker and a technologist by profession who is also diversity and inclusion advocate to more than 30 MNCs. I am also joined by Ms. Deepika Sandhu, VP India Business Sales and Strategy at a league leading global firm. Ms. Isha Malik, a young and vibrant negotiation strategist with Software One and is also an ITIL-certified sales operations profession. Uh, Miss Negha Sain, a senior SHW expert, ICC member, head of human resources for a leading tech firm. And yes, last but not the least, Miss Urmila Chauhan, director of business development with EDU Thrill. I am thrilled about this session. I am really excited about getting the views out of the women leaders so that these views can reach up to you, reach up to the younger generation, the Gen Z's of the world. And of course, any and every woman who is out there wanting to understand what is the ground reality, what is good, what is bad and how to bridge the gap so that we can propel ahead if there are any mental blocks that we face as fears, how to redeem them and be able to come out as successful winners in the corporate world. Let's go ahead and start the panel discussion. Hello everyone, and welcome to Hashtag V2. I am so glad to see this very, very eminent panel, and I'm looking forward to all the discussions, all the real stories that are going to come out through this. So, uh, let us start with Amita. Amita, I have some number to give you before I ask my question. You know, this is a fact that there aren't too many women bank chief executive officers in the Indian banking industry these days. Among the public sector banks that we call as PSBs, there is only one woman CEO. Ms. Padmaja Chunduru of Indian Bank. In the private sector, not even one big lender has a woman CEO. There are three names in the foreign bank group. And I'm actually proud to give those names out because I am happy to say that there are three names. Zareen Darwal of Standard Chartered Bank, Kaku Nakate, President and Country Head Bank of America and Kalpana Morparia of JP Morgan. Now Morparia retires later this year. This wasn't the case until a few years ago for real empowerment women should be offered as per you equal opportunities and not a special institution to possibly prove their potential. My question to you today on this panel is why don't we have women bank CEOs?
1: Thank you for your question Poonam and uh, also thank you for setting the tone at the beginning that this is a safe space so you know we can have a very free, free flowing kind of conversation now before I answer your question considering the situation that we are in so I hope all of you are safe taking care of yourselves wearing masks following social distancing yeah no masks
0: right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah because we are in a, are in a bubble a bio bubble right now <laughs> taking care of ourselves in our own houses Absolutely. that's why we are not wearing masks so um coming back to your question um I'll add another name to the list um yeah. I'm sure people who follow uh financial sector must um might have read the uh, this information last towards the end of last year beginning of this year around jane fraser who is the ceo of city yeah yes. but then what were the articles in the leading financial media houses the articles were city groups jane fraser to be first, first. woman ceo of wall street bank world economic forums news said Citigroup has just appointed the first female CEO of a Wall Street bank. Jane Fraser, City's new CEO and first female leader of a major US bank. So, I mean, if you see the problem or um, the narrative, the discourse here is not just India specific. The discourse is quite wider. Yeah. Even why only just banking sector, if you look at other sectors as well in the corporate sector, even as of today, only 15 to 16% jobs, C-level jobs are, let's say, occupied by women. Politics, we all see, right? What is the situation in politics? How many female prime ministers did we have till date? So it's not just banking specific. It's, it's if, Even if you look at the wider other sectors as well, the higher positions occupied by women are very few. Okay. Now then, um, what are the possible reasons behind it? So couple of reasons that I could think of the first reason which is extremely critical is harder women always have to make harder choices between professional success and personal fulfillment. Couple of examples which suddenly come to my mind. So in my erstwhile organization, so um, so there were these two individuals um, holding certain positions in the same unit, they fell in love and decided to marry. Okay and according to the organization policies people who are involved and you know in whatever capacities they are they cannot be reporting to the same manager they cannot be part of the same BU. okay now look at the situation here okay who took the decision of moving out the woman in that relationship took the decision of moving out okay let's look at another decision another situation that i also have seen so um there was this female colleague of mine in the previous organization. We were great friends and then um, got married, decided to, uh, you know, have family and all and uh, because the only two of them were living here and it wasn't really possible for the uh, in-laws to come to the town and be with them. And they didn't really trust a full time nanny considering whatever the circumstances are. The female in the relationship decided to quit the job and look after the family all right so these are the major decisions and that is where women majorly women give precedence to their personal commitments over the professional commitments again more often than not we see women going through the guilt factor you know um what i
0: understand is you're trying to say that women cannot have it all
1: absolutely i mean Women cannot have it all because of the kind of conditioning we go through. I mean, the kind of, especially in the Indian context, if you see, we are constantly told that you cannot have it all. You know, this is what it is. And if you decide, aspire to have it all, yeah. then you're just not the woman. Your womanhood, womanhood is at stake. That's where, simply, if you can't get a dabba to office, and if you eat in the cafeteria, there are these eyebrows which go up imagine and if there is this talk that your husband is unwell and the woman is in the office suddenly what kind of a wife she is her husband is unwell and she is in the office i mean if kids are not doing well in the studies in their exam the question directly goes to the woman in that relationship if the house is not well kept the question goes to the woman and here i am talking about the majority of the setups that we have not the few selected ones where they have really gone through the evolution mode and you know they have they are really up there when it comes to equality. okay? That's where in a circumstances like these, women always put professional progression on a second priority, and that is why we don't see too many women occupying higher positions in the corporate or any other sector. But I wouldn't say things
0: right. What do you think corporates can do to make it conducive
1: for women? Absolutely. So that's what I was coming at. So I wouldn't say things are not changing. Things are changing in the right direction. So, you know, various corporates are running initiatives like she for she, he for she, which revolves around mentoring, which revolves around creating support system for women. Then there is this legal aspect framework, which has been created to support women or their specific needs. Like we have now six months maternity leave we have menstruation leave in place, you know, so that thought process, which was there, let's say five years ago, let's not hire a woman because she will go on maternity leave. So that thought process is getting curbed, you know, also various organizations are running initiatives like return to work. A Lot of women, like I said, personal commitments take sabbatical from work. It puts a gap in their professional learning. That is where initiatives like return to work, enable them to come back to work, they can they can reskill, the organizations are encouraging to reskill so that they are ready to work. So things are moving in the right direction not as bad as they were, what we need is maybe wider societal changes in terms of equality, definitely you know gradually we'll see more women occupying higher positions at various sectors.
0: I hope so, I absolutely hope so, thank you so much Abhita. Uh, Urbina let's come to you, Now taking the lead from Amita from here, you have written something very interesting on your LinkedIn and let me put it out, pretend that uh, it's a quote from Make A Ash, right? Pretend that every single person you meet has a sign around them that says make me feel important. I can visualize it's a sign like this, make me feel important. Come to the corporate world now me as a woman as a woman leader you have been leading uh, the sales front you know it's a front and it's a, it's a man's world and you're going and you know leading it from the front when, when you talk about this make me feel important many a times somebody who's wanting to make the other party important it is construed in the corporate world to be not right we being the women we face it or it is construed to be something else and not just a way of Aligning, going ahead, being a part of the team. How has been your journey and story? And if you can throw some light from this perspective, Mila.
2: Thank you so much, Prudhम
0: for uh, you know throwing this question across. Very very important question, actually.
3: Yeah, you're right. Actually, you know, uh, I really go by Mary Kay Ash. Uh, you know, who usually you know the, the statement goes by, pretend that every single person you meet has a sign around his or her neck that says make me feel important uh, we all know that Mary you know Mary Kay Ash was an American businesswoman who whose company had an international sales force for about 800 plus thousand in about three dozen countries and who purposefully included women in her team way back in the 1960s now as I said you know this quote is also on top of my LinkedIn profile and it's for a very very good reason. It is something that I have always believed in, you know, in the last 17 years of my working experience as a sales professional. Now, coming back to the question, my tool since day one, walking in the shoes of a leader has always been, uh, you know, giving ear and listening to my colleagues or my juniors, my seniors, and also top-level executives for that matter. Listening actively is moving beyond making someone feel important through words of praise. Now, that's what I always believe in. You know, with all of us, mostly day long and sometimes even nights, buried in deep in our excels and back-to-back meetings, the most important thing we can, you know, do to somebody in the corporate hubs is you know, giving them time. Now, time is uh, listening to what the other person has to say and hopefully the time for us to respond rather than react. That's what I have always gone by. Now, it is crucial uh, in empathizing rather than Sympathizing with your professional acquaintance within a few minutes of chat. Uh, what it also means is that you start to see things, you know, in their perspective, helping you to avoid crossing any kind of those lines, uh, you know, those dotted lines I'm talking about. Right, right.
0: So, over that and interesting, interesting. Uh, I want to pick up from here. See, as women, we are always walking a very tightrope. Yeah. Uh, there is an invisible line. It yeah. is an invisible line yeah warmth or making somebody feel important for a woman who's in the leadership position how do you manage that invisible line why don't you give out some strategies to everybody who's watching this panel today you know i would like to add to this that as women leaders our experiences are different both
3: as a community and as an individual in a community we uh, we experience and manage people differently you know than men our responses are a result of very involuntary tactics learned through years of tackling unruly men and advances that were made so honestly speaking i believe the best way to walk the tightrope of making someone feel important while drawing a line is an art and which honestly all of our all, all women here on this platform have already mastered you know uh, i i mean i don't know if you get if that makes sense or not but we have we have already mastered that for the organizational stakeholders or the peers and colleagues, it, it should be very clear from the you know, start that the person's treatment or importance is due to the level of knowledge value or the business he or she is bringing across to the organization. That again is mostly evident when we're trading it right actually. So uh, as individuals, you know, two uh, women have diversity within their communities from women who ventured the workforce after a break, you know, uh, coming from a break or to a woman like myself, you know, has never had a break in her career. So uh, I think I think that's that's what my take on on the subject is. Do
0: you think it is important to say no as no?
3: Yes, it's it's very important to say
0: no as no. No means no. No. And if it is a supervisor or senior or your boss, how do you how do you put that no across? Uh, I know it's very a tricky question.
3: <laughs> very tricky question. Uh, Amit I'll come to you. You have to get it you, you have to have a clarity you know in, in, in actually putting that across you can't just go and just say that this is what has happened because that's not going to get entertained for sure
0: yeah.
3: uh, now there's certain level of you know uh, depending on what kind of organization that you're working with you know you have to you have to speak to you know certain people you have to speak to a committee who's in place and uh, you have to you have to follow the right channel for sure but that message has to go that no definitely means no and you are not going to take brunt for it what you haven't done and that message should be very very loud and clear great
0: thank you thanks you wanted to add something Abita
1: yeah so what I was what I want to add to that is see we can't make a rule for everybody that is where all of us every individual has a different technique of dealing with the situation when it comes to no means no right so not all of them are very assertive in situations like that. A lot of us are conditioned, burdened through various aspects. What is required here is awareness. All the corporate houses today have POSH guidelines. So if you're not aware that individual needs to you know, invest efforts to understand what POSH is all about, how the corporate they're working for is dealing with that situation. All right. And then seek help. Find a confidant at the workplace, an ally who is no judgment, no advice, who right. can be that support system in these difficult times at the same time there is this other side of the story also there are these women who are fine with it we should not have a judgmental approach towards them you know it's fine if you are comfortable with it and that's that's how it is then nobody should be there to demonize them or judge them i think that's how i think this situation needs to be dealt with
0: sure thank you for adding it Thank you, Urmila. Okay, let's move on to Isha now. Isha, I have an interesting uh, report to cite here before I ask my question to you. And it says, according to the 2019 diversity report, women constitute 29.2% of the Microsoft's workforce. And I'm, I'm talking about this company because my question is related to a recent announcement that they did. Microsoft said in an SEC filing this week, I mean, this is last year, that it will actively consider women and minority candidates to succeed CEO Satya Nadella, making it among the most explicit statements from a major tech company about CEO diversity to date. Now, this is a huge announcement that has come. And I'm sure if it as an announcement made publicly, they will stick to it. We know who Satya Nadella is today. What is your opinion and view as a young lad on this panel? Right. Tell us about your story and how do you perceive your career? What were your challenges, and how did you deal with your challenges? Isha, you got to unmute your mic,
4: please. Yeah, perfect. Yes. <laughs> so thanks thanks for this wonderful question actually i got chance to work with microsoft for 7 months uh, on, on a contract basis so uh, it was it was a very great experience microsoft actually come forward and give opportunities to women if you see if they see spark in you 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 will definitely get that uh, opportunity but still uh, I don't talk about CEO, I will talk about major leadership positions are still not in hand of women in Microsoft. So CEO is a far much better, like far much longer way than what's, uh, they, what they have catered on plate. So uh, I want to highlight this uh, particular incident. When I was walking through the corridors of Microsoft, I came across this beautiful portrait saying, I will wonder who's shaping today, who is shaping the society today, creating, innovating and leading and bringing the world forward, it's her, We're women rise, everyone benefits, and when it's her, it's all of us and there was lovely. a full stop, yeah, lovely yes, and but there was a full stop and everything stopped there, uh, it was very good, why? like uh, i i have this question i i even uh, like we have freedom to talk in uh, partner companies as well like right like now I'm in software one i have a, a such nice person in leadership where i can go and talk to them and I ask them why uh, when you are so open to it and you're giving us the gateway to walk through why we're we not able to cross that gate and get that opportunity which we dreamed of yes so i came across this simple formula which they shared that, that is, it was A, C, D, O, P. A, C, D, O, P. Okay. Yes. And uh, uh, this, this is based on uh, 100% uh, based on the real time experiences which I have faced in my nine years of experience. And uh, uh, by A, I mean attitude. C, I mean challenges. By D, I mean as determination. O, as an opportunity. And P, as in publicitize. So, uh, we don't have, the, like, uh, uh, so I have written few lines, like, I, I'm, like, I love philosophy a lot and I, in, I always mix that in my work. So, when I would talk about attitude, so it is said that when you know your purpose, you can perfectly fit in the puzzle of the universe. How to find this purpose? When you know difference, uh, when you know sorry and thanks can lead you to a different path. Don't ever go and beg for sorry, always say thank you for guiding me. So that attitude can make that uh, great purpose because you know that Karen Lynch, CEO of CBS Health, ranked 5 by Forbes magazine and Maddy Barra, CEO of General Motors ranked 18. And uh, if you go through those histories, those books, those amazing articles on them, they actually uh, follow this ACDOP concept. That's lovely Isha, I want to interrupt here and ask you, you have two examples given from
0: you know, across <laughs> the borders. Do you have an example from India that we no. all to celebrate today? And that is my question. And that is my my entire platform all about. You know, somewhere uh, in the West, they should be taking our names.
4: What is actually? Uh, okay, so uh, they, uh, there is the very nice question you have asked. So, if I talk about India, India um, is a name uh, which has no meaning. If I could honestly say, it's just a Western name given to us. So when, when in India we give a kid a name, so it holds a meaning. But here we are not giving any name to our country, so we are meaningless. So here every task done by every citizen is meaningless. They are just following those British era customs till date in office. So if I, if I go I have to go and say thank you to the boss thank you bosses is, is very strong over here and if a boss sees a candidate who is full of energy full of vibrations and full of capabilities he will never let let like that person grow. it is not a gender bias it is the uh, like very cruel fact in india so again here the women don't see it as opportunity they see it as challenge and here the problem whole problem lies. they instead of fighting they idly give up because there is lots of family pressure, friend pressure, society pressure, friends uh, and then colleagues pressure and then bosses. It is not letting this groove. Like, um, there was this uh, very uh, nice example. I came across a situation when I was told that uh, expectations are, are often set lower for women. So I asked, wouldn't it be easy for us to become a CEO of a company? Not even if CEO, at least a leader of the company. Shouldn't it be? So don't stereotype us. The problem is people actually stereotype us and they they just How pull us break back.
0: This? Yes, they pull us back. How do we break this?
4: I have one question over there.
0: Do you have some strategy to give out? How do you break this?
4: You know, okay. pushed back from so, only two, two things I have cons- uh, uh, configured so far, but I want to ask you one question before that. We all know father of computers as Charles Babbage. But do we have any idea who was mother of computer science? That's exactly the point. We don't celebrate women. We don't, we don't. publicitize. Yes the achievements which women has scattered like if i talk about ceo i literally googled it but satya nadella he publicitized himself he come on picture on board talk about the problems at least he's talking about the problems but yeah. who as woman ceo is coming on on public platform and talking to us and emph- emphasizing on come on i am here you can come and replace me over here come and be strong so we have in intolerance
0: okay let's with this that's a good thought I'm picking off from you what you said and let's move on to Deepika, Deepika uh, now this is going to be an interesting one uh, a recent executive research firm EMA partners it's a global firm found that in the FI 20 only six of the top 250 companies CEO are women only six out of which Three are founders or belong to the family of promoters. That means organic growth is not there. Organic acceptance is not there. Now, if you look at the recent, you know, gender gap report of 2021 that just got released, it said that it is going to take another 100 years and add on to the backlash that has happened because of COVID. Now, this gender equality or inequality has been pushed to 135 years for just two of the genders that I'm talking about, male and the female. From Bumble to YouTube, how the world's most powerful female CEOs build their empires? What is your take on gender equality or how women must get conducive environment? Even Isha is talking about the same, you know, the passion is there, but where is the environment or where is, how are we trained to publicize ourselves? What is your view on this?
5: So, I feel uh, today's scenario, uh, the problem which existed, uh, let's say, uh, 10 or 20 years earlier, uh, it has improved but not as per the expectation of all of us. I completely agree with your viewpoint wherein we feel that women at the CEO or a senior leadership uh, levels across organization uh, is extremely skewed uh, data. Industries like oil uh, and energy, infrastructure, retail, I'm not talking about BFSI because in banking, we've had likes of, uh, you know, leading uh, women who have inorganically uh, tried to hit the banking and insurance organization, but oil... And um, real estate infrastructure, if you talk about uh, manufacturing, you know, you don't see uh, many uh, female employees and you don't see leaders there. Reason primarily uh, are three, according to me, definitely one is a a requirement of the work life balance. Men around us are judgmental. Uh, Before they pass on some critical or a high value or high impact task, uh, their worry is uh, will she be able to balance it out? Right. If she would be balancing it out, would it be at the stake of something? Right. Isn't it better, more comfortable to give it to a male colleague than her? You know, irrespective of the quality or the performance of the output that the lady or a woman professional uh, will get in. I remember my days around uh, 12 to 14 years ago when I was uh, contemplating uh, to pursue career in sales. Um, and not in operations or hardcore customer care, uh, you know, uh, experience. Um, there was a, there were a lot of people within my family who were more worried about me uh, as know. to be successful. <laughs> Would you last long? Isn't it yeah. better to continue with a contact center, customer care? Customer um, care, 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 uh, care. Fashion, designing, you know, yeah. why don't you get an opt-in? Uh, for such kind of a career. Uh, I strongly feel today I am uh, heading sales at Static, uh, which is one of the leading tier one uh, business process outsourcing. Uh, It is listed in uh, uh, USA um, and we have a very strong presence in India. Um, I, along with our HR, which is a talent acquisition team, uh, we work extremely extensively to ensure uh, that, uh, you know, every second position out of let's say five we try to go in for a, a lady boss you know? it's or someone who's at a middle management we try okay. to do IJPs uh, it's yeah. called uh, internal uh, job posting wherein it is fed into our uh, operations team and our HR team that try to have more participation from your uh, female uh, professionals
0: So I think Deepika, I I want to make a very important point here. You are the leader sitting in that organization driving it and that's exactly my point when we will be able to see more women leaders, we will be able to possibly put out this across and drive it with our HRTs that every second or third appointment needs to be of a woman. I'll give that credit to you.
5: Thank you for that and I really learned it seeing uh, people around me, uh, ladies around me and, and also there is a biological cycle uh, right. when we all do our graduation, um, I think the females graduating from India is much more than males in India right. um, but we don't land up in corporate jobs. Uh, Most of um, us are either uh, married off or sent abroad for better uh, standard of living, get married to an engineer, pump off to a MBA professional who's doing much more better and in case if we land up getting good jobs for ourselves outside of India, we are considered, uh, you know, uh, lucky. I think uh, very important, uh, corporates must realize um, that there's nothing that a woman can't do, multitasking is comes very naturally to us. I think as a woman, not only to the panelists that I have and you Poonam who's uh, leading this entire discussion, I feel it's time that we should stop the handing over of uh, right to decide or right to choose, you know, here yes. uh, to anybody than us and that kind very of... Very well said. Yes. Very well said. If you want to be a leader, then you got to first lead your life first. That is right. Listen, what yes. right. Wonderful, One and for Yes. Yes. And another appeal that I have to all the uh, male CEOs or the chairperson or the chair uh, uh, men of uh, Indian organization when you settle down uh, to uh, finalize your vote, you know, right. out of five seats if you start with a small step of having one or two i'm not asking for reservations we'll do it on merit we'll do it on performance but if you want to change you want to be a catalyst uh, one or two seats at board if it is uh, intentionally planned and deliberately given to a uh, uh, high performing women of your company i'm sure after 5 years or 6 years when we have this debate punam uh, they will be good amount of change in thought process and with data on the ground.
0: Absolutely, I'll push this number to 50-50% because only in India if you talk about the population, the women population is 48.5%. We deserve to have 50% seats in the board and yeah. why just that women compulsory board member and that has also been pushed down the throat. You know and that's why you see one woman sitting in the board and not by potential or worse so I, I, I really agree with you and I'm looking forward to be doing a celebratory session again saying that you know uh, when women started speaking about it India has moved India is making the right changes let us I'm I'm really waiting to go to Megha who is uh, who is a leader in the HR uh, the the most right person to be talking about how HR as as a function feels about the gender equality or uh, you're also a uh, have been an ICC chairman and currently an ICC member. Where do you see the conducive environment getting pushed back? Uh, what as per you Mega, being an HR leader in the industry, will really make a difference? Please pour your heart out. I really want to know, uh, as an HR professional, what do you feel? How? What kind of motivation do you want to give to everybody who is a woman listening to this panel today? Thank you Kunim. Thank
2: you for having me in this platform. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Uh, it was wonderful uh, hearing all my co-panelists with their thoughts and uh, sharing their experiences. Uh, I would like to say two, three things. I was listening to all uh, my co-panelists with their wonderful views. So, uh, first to start with, uh, I'll say what is not conducive and what can we do. Okay. Right. I think uh, one approach is to identify the problem second is what could be a solution okay so the first problem what i see being in hr and fortunately i am in a profession where there are more females okay it's very usual to see females in an hr role right hitting hr okay so uh, in terms of however however if a woman is leading an HR function, there are still these stereotypes in the organization. Because ultimately, you're working in an organization, you're working with your counterparts, you're working with people around you who are, you know, the diversity is not there. So when I talk about my peers in various organizations that I've worked with, be it a startup, be it a structured, process driven organization, there aren't many women uh at an equal level or probably higher than me okay so so uh, my kind of engagement with people is is uh, more towards uh, a bias of uh, working with men rather than women now here what can be done there are multiple reasons for that uh Amrita men, amita mentioned that you know society we're conditioned in a way to believe that you know uh, we have to balance both there's no choice being given to us You have to feel guilty if you're not able to balance those both the things. And when it comes a point where you have to choose, then you choose family over a professional career. That's one. Second is, uh, and I strongly believe, I don't know how many people would agree or disagree that women don't help enough women within the system. Okay. And uh, and I have seen that uh, this has to change then change you can't blame anybody else okay the change has to start from you i'll give you an example i i was i'm heading hr right now i was an hr executive also 13 years back 14 years back okay even at that level and even now i am the first point of contact where i have the absolute authority and power to reject a cv or to pass on a cv for further processing right and i'm not being gender biased here i'm talking about either a male or a female candidature that i receive even now being in hr and i talk about this a lot in hr forums hr conferences you know that uh, we play a very critical role in bringing in diversity and i just don't mean gender diversity diversity of all types you know diversity of all types so uh, i am the first point of contact and i'm just taking it on me i'm the first point of contact to reject a cv now, if a woman is not working, or if somebody's, we all know it. How difficult it is to come back after a sabbatical. How difficult it is to get back to work, to get a find to find a right job. Most of the one of the reasons women not going up the ladder is when they take a sabbatical and when they plan to come back, they have to restart their career. They don't get that position, that designation, that compensation where they That's left. Right, so they are they compromise on compensation, they compromise on designation, they compromise on the role, and they restart their career. When you restart, it, it takes double time to kind of you know move ahead at a CXO level, and then your peers at that time, be it men or women, have already gone ahead. So, so True. when you have it like this, you fall out, okay, and there are multiple reasons for falling out. Now, when I say so again, also. Uh, we, we, all of us, you know, all of us have a role to play, we are bosses, we hire our teams, we are HR, we are hiring for our, our company. Uh, how can we bring in the change? What I have done in my organization and in my previous stints I give a preference to people who are not working for valid reasons. I will be taking a look at the skill and competency. There is nothing like a sympathy or an empathy kind of a thing. It has to be on merit. Okay. Right. At least are we open to listen to their reasons of why they left? Okay. Not that the stereotype that we have in our minds is the person is not working and would have left the job. Correct.
5: Right?
2: That has to be changed. I think yeah.
0: you're giving a very strong message to all the HR leaders listening to this.
5: Absolutely. I talk about it a lot.
0: Thank you for saying this because um, no CV should be sabotaged saying that you took a break. We are human beings, even machines conk off. Yeah? Right? But you know, We that's are supposed cool. to be back to back, we appreciate when you know somebody comes and says I'm not even going to take one day ka between my this job and that job and you take pride saying that LinkedIn profile changed the same day. No, this has to stop. What kind of lives are we living? Thank you for saying this Mega. Anything sure. else you want to add on? So yeah, so my point here is that uh,
2: one, uh, it should be but what happens is, even if you have the will, you know, your business will say, no, no, this person is not suitable or, you know, uh, we would want people who are working currently. But, you know, I would say the positive side is that is changing. See, If you as a leader start making these changes and how you put the things to the business, it's, it's about being firm, you know, okay. uh, about being rational, being firm, being logical of uh, saying what you believe in. Okay. And giving those candidatures to them who are competent people who can do the job so first that's from there okay so my message to the hr community has always been that you know uh, a help people give that opportunity you have the power to give that opportunity as bosses we all have that power to give that opportunity to somebody who needs a job right nobody would value your job more than the person who does not have a job so if that person is willing and competent give that person the opportunity Okay. I'll set. So that's one. Second is again, society as I told you. Third is uh, within an organization. Now the question comes, the person is there in the organization. Now what? Okay. Yes. So there are so many stereotypes that we are uh, uh, fighting and, and you know, uh, uh, doing within the organization also. Okay. Uh, and I'm talking about it irrespective of uh, being a male or a female. Okay. If the organization's policies, structures, the thought process, the the wisdom of the leadership team is, is, uh, you know, is is moving in a way where it is conducive or inclusive, I would say inclusive, you know, I'm not being gender biased of being uh, male female ratio, I would love to have 50-50 50-50 percentage ratio. Right now, uh, if my organization had 37% gender diversity, it dropped to 34 and I, I, you know, I'm know, i just thinking how to get ahead with this, how to kind of change this. So, uh, so, but typically IT companies or any other sector, you know, the diversity ratio is somewhere around 16%, 17% and they struggle to maintain that also.
0: Correct. I think that that needs a lot of working there. Wonderful. Thank you so much Megha for your views. Uh, To wrap up the session, we will have a quick one word answer. I kept it little uh, inquisitive kind of a question so that we all can quickly, you know, it has to come from your subconscious mind now that this is what you think. My question is to all of you and we'll go in the same cycle as we started. What according to you is the first question, number one strong reason behind lack of women leaders at the top, just one, no sentence, one word. And what is the one power tool? What is the one power tool for corporate growth and excellence you want to give out to the corporate world today? Let's start. Mega, should we start with you?
2: Sure. So, uh... just one word. One word for uh, not happening is society. Why there aren't uh, many women leaders. I think conditioning, society. Uh, What could change? Power tool for success for women. Myself, me. I think I can bring that change and I have to believe in myself. Myself believes That's it.
0: Excellent,
4: excellent. Isha? my my answer would be cribbing cribbing is the one thing uh, uh, i have seen that just yes, bad incidents do happen but we shouldn't stop there we should uh, like learn from it take, learn from uh, take lessons from there and move on and one power tool to see every challenge as an opportunity challenges will come but your path will be longer definitely but success will be yours excellent thank you Amitha.
1: so first uh, is our internalized misogyny we constantly doubt our own capabilities that's what we need to overcome and second is also aligned with it we always look at half glass empty you know so if there is a job opening i like it happened with me also when i got this opportunity of my current job i looked at the skills that i don't have that's not what men do. They look at the skills what they don't ha- they have, and maybe they bluff a couple of more skills, and they just oh I'm perfect fit. Yeah. So that is where we need to I get
2: at. That's a very
0: important point because yeah. you know I've seen this. I've seen this. They will look at the JD and say first though. At they we are we we will we'll do it. I think that confidence. I think women. You made a very strong point, Amitha. I think women lack confidence. They always think that we will be judged. Not everybody is a performer everybody is trying to perform some are super performers you know but they have that confidence yeah,
1: yeah. we are we are very harsh critics of our own selves of
5: our own selves
1: Stop that yeah
5: <laughs> wonderful dipika i would say uh, don't hand over uh, the right to choose to anyone else i said that during uh, my initial discussion also when we give that right to other person uh, could be anything i don't want to put any relation I think we are actually showing lack of confidence and the fact that we don't know our own worth. So, so you are definite. saying
0: number one strong reason behind lack of women leaders is lack of confidence in
5: women. Yes. And the power too? Um, I think uh, uh, we should stop thinking and this always happens when we talk about women professional uh, trying to make it big or made it big uh, you know in uh, the corporate world or a political world. There is no class ceiling, right? We must uh, be telling ourselves every single day, dream on, march on. It is in us to be confident. It is in us to prove it. We should have our own uh, bars of our life and we should keep on uh, meeting them, surpassing them, and have to prove it to our own selves that we can do it but not to anybody else sure and the organizations
0: must support this the moment you have support coming from the organizations you will feel confident to go ahead
5: we yes yes there is a requirement of support not only professionally from the organizations uh, that we work there is also support required on effective networking Um, in sales organizations we work b two b that's business to business. So effective networking within your uh, corporate world. And definitely there is a requirement of a good support system at home. Your parents, your in-laws who are always there to take care. Great formula.
3: I think uh, for me, what, uh, you know, what is lacking is uh, a very, very big word that I always, you know, kind of uh, faith, you know, you need to have that faith in women. Just let her jump into the ocean, let her find her own way. And even if she kind of drowns, let the diver deep down, you know, later on, but let her first jump into that ocean. And uh, what's the power tool is empowerment. Very, very important. You have to empower women. And the the, the day that starts changing and the day you coach her, you know, in that succession planning, things are going to go change. Things are going to change and things are going to change for good. Wonderful! So, Wonderful. That's I, my I think, two I think, cents I on that.
0: Lovely. I think uh, what what I can conclude by saying is the faith, the confidence, the empowerment, uh, the belief. Mecha, that's what you said. And of course, think positive. Aisha, what you said is is to Wonderful. cover the whole thing up. Wonderful. Thank you so
2: much. I no, one uh, point. if you allow yes. me. Oh, please, please you know one of the main things that i see in hr and females a lot is that you know women are there earning uh, doing it for their family uh, there is so much lack of financial literacy in women and it's a conscious thing okay Correct. women are only to be blamed for this if you know how to earn you don't have to be dependent on your father brother husband to invest your money
5: yes absolutely very true very true no,
2: <laughs> you own, de- our own dependence on people and that nobody else tries to be blamed for other than women themselves absolutely, absolutely. this is one thing that i've been telling my colleagues in the office my uh, you know group of people who, who i got mentored or i'm mentoring that you know you have to think of financially being independent you know financially independent financial independence is not just earning but if that money is getting transferred to your husband's account and you're What's dependent. Point?
5: Uh, you're uh, again dependent.
2: Then, uh, you know, uh, if there is something that we should think about. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's the reason we are, you know, so interdependent that we are not ca- able to come out and be dependent. That doesn't mean that nobody else is doing that. But there is still majority of females who are not doing that, who are really dependent. So financial uh, independence or financial literacy, if I may say so, is also one of the
0: very very important points so i would conclude by actually saying that you may not control everything that happens to you but you can decide not to be reduced by your situation with this i thank wholeheartedly everybody Urmila, Megha, Isha, Amita and Deepika for joining hashtag V2 the platform that allows women to speak out absolutely being fearful and speak out speak their heart out so thank you so much for joining us
5: thank Thank you
3: thanks for inviting us thank you it was a pleasure being here today